Thanks for tuning in to the audio edition of our Sunday sermons. For more information about Cornerstone, visit cornerstonerome.com. We're coming to you live from Cornerstone Church in Rome, Georgia. My name is Pastor Jody Haggerty. I'm a senior pastor here at our church, and I got some great folks with me here today. Some of our student leadership that's here, some of our worship leaders here. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Our elders are here as well. Can't see everybody up here, but we brought some folks that, man, can help us lead worship and wanted to just try to bring our church into your home the best we could. And so hopefully you're able to log in right now, share with your friends, and then listen, if you have any comments or questions that you have, we have someone right now manning our Facebook page and our live uh, stream that you can ask any question you have. Maybe we can answer it, maybe we can't. If we can't, we'll try to, you know, figure it out this week. But listen, if you have a prayer request, send those in as well. We have a prayer team that will pray for you, whatever it might be. So I'm going to share a message with you today that's really about the thing I think is on everybody's mind right now. Uh, it's totally not the message I had planned a couple of weeks ago. Today is a completely different message, and for good reason. But uh, it's a topic that's on everybody's mind. And, well, except for the one topic that's, why is everybody buying all the, the toilet tissue? You know, that's, that's the one thing I got a question about right there is, why the run on toilet tissue? But that's for another day. But I want to talk today a little bit about fear. The thing that everybody is thinking about around is this virus, but really it's all settled around Something we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, we've been praying against, is this idea of fear. So I'm going to read you a scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and watch this, of a sound mind. You know, all of us have a fear of something. Every one of us have a fear. At home right now, I promise you, you have a fear of something. You know, they used to make fun of me because they would say I was a germaphobe. My kids make fun of me because I use germics. That's before the virus. And now, all of a sudden, huh, I'm not looking so crazy anymore to my kids. But we're all afraid of something. If I ask you, you might be afraid of spiders or maybe scorpions or, I don't know, clowns, boo, you know, that kind of thing. But for me, for the longest, I want to break it down in two different areas today. For the longest for me, there's been something I really was not afraid of that just kind of happened recently. I'd say recently, the last couple of years or so, maybe five to eight years, maybe somewhere in there. Time's kind of getting away. But the first fear I want to talk to you today about is this thing called rational fear. Like it's a, not irrational, but rational fear. It's what all of us should have, and it's okay. So this happened to me, this has been a couple of years ago when I tell you this story I'm starting to date, like, man, my kid's getting older and, and everything. But my oldest daughter, Ava, she's a, she's a roller coaster fanatic, okay? She loves roller coasters. And I did, too. When I was her age, I w- rode everything at Six Flags, everything. Anything you want to ride, I was your guy. I didn't back down from anything. She's kind of in the same boat. So we went with the students to a youth trip. You know, we go there, and we get on the rides, and all of a sudden, she wants to ride the ride called Goliath. You know... No big deal. I looked at it. I checked it out. I mean, there's no loops, de loops. There's no corkscrews. It's just a big coaster. I'm thinking, no big deal. Your dad's the man, baby. Let's rock this. Let's jump on this coaster. And I got to be really honest. The more we began to go up the incline, the more inside my little heart, (laughs) yeah, it started feeling a little, you know, and by the time we got to the top, I had all kinds of things going through my head. Like, what if the bar doesn't hold? What if she flies out and I have to jump? Like, 
And the more we got, it wasn't the coaster I was afraid of as much as what was under the coaster, which was just air. There's nothing, you know, there. But my daughter is like one of those kind, like I used to be hands up the whole way, like all the way down the thing. And I'm trying to hold her in, hold her to the bar in case it flies up, in case she falls out. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is crazy. Why do I feel like this now? It's because as I got older, I started realizing, you know, I don't want to die yet. <laughs> I, I don't want to die on this roller coaster. The reality is this. I would love to tell you I was trying to keep her safe, but the reality was I was afraid of the roller coaster. And it's a fear that many of us probably do have or you should have about heights. Once you get to a certain point, something should tell you you're too close to the edge. I was watching this movie by this guy who climbed this uh, El Capitan in Yosemite. And uh, Alex Honnold, you may have read about this guy, climbed El Cap with no ropes. Now, listen, I think it's amazing. I've watched it twice and made my hands sweat like crazy both times. I don't know if he's crazy or just crazy brave, but either way, that to me, something should tell you, you shouldn't do that. Rational fear says, don't climb mountains without ropes. You get too close to the edge, your heart beats and says, back up. That's normal. There's nothing wrong with rational fear. But many times what we do is we look at the scripture in 2 Timothy. And Christians portray this idea that you shouldn't be afraid of anything. That all of a sudden this spirit of fear is you shouldn't be afraid of heights. You shouldn't be afraid of this. You shouldn't be afraid of that. You should be brave. Well, listen, God gave you wisdom too. He didn't just say to not be afraid of anything. There's rational fear. or We would say respect for things that you're not familiar with. That's rational fear. But there is another type of fear that will ensnare and trap you, and it goes much deeper, and that is this spirit of fear. So it'll probably be on your screen there at home. But this, this, this spirit of fear comes from the word called pneuma, and it's a Greek word where we get the word spirit, breath, angel, demon, or soul. They can be interchanged depending upon the context, and this is different, much different, than being afraid of a roller coaster, spiders, dragons, or <laughs> running out of toilet tissue, I don't know, whatever. This is a totally different fear. This is a crippling fear that comes from not knowing what family you belong to. The Bible says this, that Paul wants us to understand our family that we belong to. So he goes back in the lineage. Maybe he goes to Ancestry.com and he pulls up all the lineage of where we belong. And he says this in Romans 8. He says in verse 15, You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call upon him, Abba, Father. For his spirit, watch this, it joins together with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Yet what we suffer now, watch this, is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. You know, one, he said this, you didn't receive this one spirit. You didn't receive a spirit that's supposed to make you feel alone and fearful, a slave to whatever situation you go through. He said, that is not the spirit that I gave you. The spirit that I gave you is this other spirit This says, man, listen, as a believer in Jesus Christ, the spirit of almighty God lives within you. He's adopted you into his family. And he says, you can call me daddy. It's a family term. And based upon the scriptures, Jesus says this in John 14. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. In other words, this is the kind of family you are belonging to right now. I'll leave you with this gift. Peace of mind 
and heart. And the peace that I give you, listen to what he says, is a gift that the world cannot give right now. No matter what anybody tells you on the TV, no matter what anyone tells you right now, listen, right now you need some peace that comes from something outside of this sphere that we live in called earth. You need some peace that comes from heaven, from your daddy. And he says, don't be troubled or afraid. So I liken it to this. Now listen, I didn't grow up with a great daddy at home, so I can't relate in a lot of ways to some of these things. But my kids have helped me tremendously with this. So every day when I get home, this is kind of the routine. When I get home, maybe 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, something like that, my oldest kid, she's as tall as me now, which ain't saying a lot, but she's, you know, there she is. There you go. But she comes busting out the door, using the first one, daddy, 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 and almost knocks me down. The next one comes running. She's jumping up too. And the third one is on top of my head, usually like, that is all over me, man. Like, wow. But the thing is, my oldest started this, and now the other ones do it. Every day I come home, this is routine. If they don't do it, it's because they're something wrong. And you know what that is? It's a sign of my daughters look at me as their daddy. And I don't mind if they knock me down. You know why? Because I want them to always have that type of spirit. I don't want them to have a spirit that says, well, I got in trouble today and I can't go to my daddy. I want them to run to me when they're afraid. I want them to run to me when they go through a trial. I don't want them to be afraid and say, well, I don't know if my daddy will come to me. I will always run to my kids. I don't care what they do, what they've been through, or what they're going through right now. Daddy shows up when they need some help. And right now, I just want to tell you, if you're at home and listen to this, your daddy loves you. He's given his son, Jesus Christ, for you. And he wants to give you peace and comfort right now. He wants to be with you in this trial. So let me ask you a question. What type of fear are we projecting right now? What type of fear are we projecting right now? There's a natural side that's very much real. You ought to wash your hands for 20 seconds. Listen, these medical professionals, they're not making this stuff up. 20 seconds. Sing the ABC song. I don't know what you got to do. Sing Jesus Loves Me This I Know. Sing it long enough to get the soap in your nails or whatever. I don't know. If you're sick, you should stay home. Absolutely. This is normal stuff. This is not irrational. This is normal things. And we're not meeting as a large group because the governor and every medical professional said we shouldn't. Why? Because it's helping other people. That's normal. It's very real and natural cautions to stop our country from becoming another Italy or China. Very normal, very rational. But the spiritual side is just as real as the natural side. So what can you do in the spiritual? I'm going to throw some old school at you today, a little bit old school, okay? We're going to go back a little bit. Y'all going to hang with me, all right? But, you know, in your cabinetry, there's probably a little cupboard in there. you got some old cooking oil somewhere. It's like some olive oil, some Wesson, some corn oil, or something in there. Probably you don't use. It's been sitting in there for years. Listen, you go to the cabinet. You break down that little bottle. And what you do is you pour a little bit on your little fingertips. And you go to the doorpost of your home And you just wipe it over the doorpost of your home and you declare in Jesus' name that I'm anointing my house as a representative of a follower of Christ, declaring that this thing is not going to come to my home. You may say, that sounds weird to me, Jody. Why would I do that? Listen to what the Bible says in Exodus 12, 13. He told, Moses told the, the children of Israel, go put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and it will serve, watch this, as a what? A sign. There's no power in the oil, but man, it will do something. It will affirm with you, remind you of the covenant that you have. It's a sign marking the houses where you are staying. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And this plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. I'm not saying God's sending a virus. I don't believe that. But what I am saying is this. Sometimes you've got to remind yourself of whose covenant you're a part of. You're not a part of this world. You're a part of the kingdom of God. And God says, man, I've marked you as one of my own. And oil, watch this. 
represents his spirit. And you can declare in Jesus' name, Lord, I'm reminding you, not being rude, I'm just reminding you, Lord, that I'm in your covenant. And I thank you, God, that you're going to watch over my family, my kids, my house, in Jesus' name. Psalm 91 says it like this, don't be afraid of the terrors of night. Don't be afraid of CNN, ABC, Fox News, everybody else at night. That's basically what he's saying. Don't be afraid of the arrow that flies at the daytime. Don't dread the disease that stalks in the darkness. I don't care what they name it. Nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, man, these evils will not touch you. That's not being insensitive. That's being a de- one who declares who God is in your family right now. You don't need to sit back and wonder if this is going to be offensive to people right now. You need to declare, my family, Lord, is covered in the blood of Jesus. Old school. We used to do something called plead the blood of Jesus. Y'all, you, I, don't, you may, I don't know if you can echo online this, but we used to plead the blood of Jesus. That's old school. You should plead the blood of Jesus right now. Like in Jesus' name, I plead the blood over my kids, over my family. My, I don't know. Some people plead the blood over their pets. I don't know how that works, but I don't know if the cats would work, but maybe a dog might get in. I don't know. But so today we thought we'd give you a couple of natural and spiritual responses today. So because so many people have so many questions, um, I could preach a message about all kinds of things. I wanted to give you that about fear, but I want to also give you this other side as to why we are doing what we're doing here and also maybe give you some comfort. So I was going to have my friend Sherman Fernandez uh, come today and share some things with you, but he had to travel and go out of town this weekend. We thought, hey, man, you know, everybody else is on the news media talking about things. I thought I'd bring in somebody that we know. Uh, Sherman goes to our church. He's been here for a number of years now, and he works in the financial markets. He works in the financial industry. He's very much involved with something right now that's, you know, crazy stressful for him and for his industry. But I had some time with him. We brought him in, did some recording. And so earlier, so why don't you take a look at this, and then I'll be back in just a moment. With all that's going on in finance, uh, what are some things that you see right now that, that might help other people as they're watching during this kind of roller coaster uh, week that we've been having? Sure. Um, maybe technology, maybe it's other things. Yeah. Any kind of last yeah. thoughts you might have? Yeah, so the, the markets are going to continue to be very volatile, all right? It's, it's important to um, look at the facts. It's important mm-hmm. to understand that the U.S. economy is very strong. Yeah. It's important to understand that the U.S. companies are very strong, okay? Um, and, and confidence is going to come back into the markets. Uh, for someone uh, who's been in the markets, it's also critical that they look at their financial goals, right? And they look at how much risk they're willing to tolerate. How long are they willing to be in the market? You should only be in the market if you're a long-term investor, not a short-term investor. I had an individual uh, yesterday ask me, hey, can I put some money in for 18 months? Certainly not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You have to be an investor for the long-term. You have to own Home Depot for the long-term, Clorox for the long-term. All right. And over the long-term, the last hundred years, uh, the markets have outperformed anything. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So have your short-term cash Mm -hmm. to ensure that you can meet your expenses Mm -hmm. for 12 months. And then your other bucket of money should be invested in the markets and take a long-term perspective. We will get through this. We have always gotten through this. And uh, Warren Buffett uh, you might have heard of him. I've read a few things about <laughs> Warren Buffett. He has a good term. He says, um, 
be fearful when people are greedy mm. and be greedy when people are fearful. Mm. Right? So this is a great opportunity for people who are young and who are investing. And for the people nearing retirement or in retirement, they're going to be fine. As long as you have your 12 months in cash to meet your expenses, we're coming out stronger than ever before. Yeah. I truly believe, I'm going out here, but uh, next year, this time, it, this is going to be a memory. Yeah. yeah. When, when people are, are being greedy. Yeah. Be cautious. Know, be cautious. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but when people are being fearful. Yeah. Right. You're supposed to be yeah. a little more yeah. on your game. So and it's an emotion, right? Yeah. And as long as the facts support that. Yeah. Right. right. Sure. It would be a different story if the economy was not strong. Right. Yeah. It would be a different story if we had a financial crisis and there was a run on the banks. Right. Uh, the economy is sound. It's yeah. strong. Strongest yeah. I've ever seen. And based on the history books, it's the strongest it's ever been. Yeah. It's like the, the scriptures say that wisdom is in the multitude of counselors. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. If you don't have wisdom in this area, mm-hmm. go find someone who has wisdom. Yeah. Learn from them. Yeah. And, and listen to what they're saying. Yeah. So. yeah. And well, I appreciate you coming by, bro. I love you, man. Thanks for you everything. You are welcome. All right. So <clears throat> I want to share that with you. You know, you might be thinking right now, well, what does that have to do with Jesus. Well, there's very much natural side of things. There's spiritual side of things. And the Bible teaches us a lot about money and resources. And so hopefully that gives you some comfort as you're planning some things going forward. Another area we want to talk to you about today was an area of students. Like I know many of you guys who are out of school right now, it's like, man, you're thinking, man, it's like party time. I get to just chill out, hang out, do whatever I want to. But Steve and I were talking about some things. I'm going to call him up right now. This is Pastor Stephen Daniel. He oversees all of our student ministry here at the church. So he's going to come up and share a few things. For those of you who might be watching online, would y'all welcome him right now? Amen. So we just want to address three issues with you guys, because I know a lot of our students, they're like, oh, this is party time. We need to relax and chill out. Well, I want to say number one is you need to stay current with your, stu- your schoolwork. This is not a vacation time. You're going to one day return back to school, and you're going to be hurting yourself if you haven't done anything whatsoever with your schoolwork. So stay current with your, school- your schoolwork. Number two, you need to consider this time as an opportunity, Right. All these things that's going on, I know if you're an athlete, you're like, man, I'm missing out on these sports activities. If you're uh, involved in other extra school activities, like, man, I'm missing out on all these things. But consider the time you have right now as an opportunity. For one thing is, a lot of you have complained, hey, I don't have time for God. Well, this is a great opportunity for you to spend some extra time in the Lord's presence, seeking his face, finding out and getting his wisdom and guidance for your life. Uh, consider this opportunity. Maybe you're leaving college. Like we have a couple people over here that's sitting over here. They're about to leave off for college soon. Consider this opportunity to spend time with your family, your younger siblings, your parents. You know, this is a great opportunity for us to grow in a lot of things. Our relationship with the Lord, our relationship with others. Matter of fact, maybe you're a boy. You're like, I need to get bulked up so you can look like me. <laughs> consider this opportunity to do a couple extra push-ups. This is an opportunity. Don't worry about what's going on. The world will come back around. But use your opportunity, use your window, and and use it well. Uh, And last but not least, most important, you need to start helping out around the house. You are the older siblings in the house. That's real. You have parents, and you don't realize some of the stress that your mom and dad may be facing during this season. So maybe you can help out. Ask your mom, ask your dad, is there something I could do? Maybe you're a good cook. Help out in the kitchen. Maybe you're not a good cook. 
help out in the toilet. You got you to gotta, gotta use your gifts and your skills well. Um, ask your mom, maybe if they, mom and dad want to get away for a couple hours just to go for a walk, maybe you can babysit your younger siblings. Use your time to do those three things, and you will have a great time off. See you guys next time. There you go. We just want to share that with you. Thought it'd be great to share. Uh, a couple things here, man, mom and dad, listen, as parents, a couple things we'd like to say to you guys. Look, we're going to put some things online this week. We're working uh, very diligently to get some things together to help. But some of you guys is a very, might be in a very real situation that's maybe you don't want to talk about, but your kids being out of school for a couple of weeks might have just affected your food budget in a way that is uh, very real for you. Let me just encourage you. So our city and county school, both of them, there'll be a little link on the, uh, on the webpage there. You can go to their website as well to find this, but they're offering a free meal pickup during the day, so all you got to do is show up, and I think some, you may have to have a child with you or not, I'm not sure, but there's a couple of details, but listen, take advantage of that. Like, don't feel embarrassed about that if you need it. Listen, your taxes have already paid for it. Take it and go home. Like Pastor Steve and I were talking about, he said some people, you know, they don't like school food. I don't like school food either, but hey, you take it home, you spice it up a little bit, bam, throw some stuff in it, you know, a little garlic, maybe it'll be good, you know, but a couple of thoughts there for you on that. Um, how you take care of the kids at home if you need to work, but you can't cause schools out? Can I just encourage you right now? Pastor Stephen just said that if you have older siblings, a great time that can work. But if you have all young kids and you can't work that situation out like that, particularly listen to me. If you're a single parent, look, this is the time where you need to call and reach out. Small group leaders, small group members that are part of your group. If you're in our church, call our church. Listen, don't be quiet because we might not know what you're going through, but we can help you find people. We can do working together. It may not be, you know, the best situation, but maybe it's somebody that you know can help and come alongside and help you during this season. But please, don't do this alone. Call somebody. Be willing to ask. And listen, I promise you, no one's going to look down on you. No one's going to think you're weak. or No, we're going to think, man, thank you for asking so we can help partner with you and do the best we can. One of the areas we want to share this about right now is the area of grandparents. Now, listen, this is near and dear to my heart. One of the reasons why we aren't having church today is it really hit me when the governor and other people were talking this week about why we should have closed large gatherings and why we did this for ourselves here at Cornerstone Church. Is is for the for the sake of what's going on with our grandparents. Like my grandmama, she's eighty <clears throat> something years old. I ain't gonna say exactly. Hey, grandmama, I know you're watching. I love you. So, um, but you know. You should probably see a picture of me and my grandmother there online right now. When I heard him say, listen, if you're young, and the majority over, well over the majority of the, the, the nation is not going to get this. But when you think about the people who are most likely to get something like this, and it comes down to this, your senior citizens, man, we want to do everything we can to help them. And I was listening to Vice President Pence, and he said this. He said it's important to remember that they were there for us when we were growing up. They, took, they did help us. They didn't do our homework, I'll tell you that right now. They helped us with our homework. They tucked us in at night, and they cheered us on when we pursued our educations, cheered us on in our careers, and now it's time to be for them, be there for them and recognize, you know, those with serious health conditions are the most vulnerable. And we can do our part, make a difference. Wash your hands. This is why he's saying wash your hands. Do some common sense, man. Look after those who are most vulnerable. So I called my grandmother up because she wouldn't be here. She's, she's locked down, man. She ain't coming out of the house. So I called her up, and so take a look at this, and I'll be right back. Hey. hey, you got me? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> all right, you, you doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing good. All right, you staying tied up in the house there. You look like you're doing okay. 
Check on you. I was reading where uh, Governor or uh, Vice President Pence he said that um, we got to take care of our seniors. That um, you know, you guys took care of us, and so it's our turn to take care of you, tucking us in bed at night and reading stories and everything else, and taking care of us when we were sick. I guess uh, is that true? How many colds or how many times you take care of me when I was sick? Uh, you wouldn't want to even know. <laughs> Every time I turned around, you had a runny nose. <laughs> people that oh goodness well they told me to keep the kids away so we're going to keep them away from your house for a little bit i guess we'll say hello to you at the mailbox that'll be fine <laughs> i'll wait at you all right then well i love you i love you too all right we'll we'll talk soon i uh, will stay safe i'll see you later all right love you so, yeah, yeah, I know it, man. I love that lady. So, you know, and when I think about her, I think about so many other people, like your grandparents and the people that are out there. Like, you know, it's one of those things where you, if you're young, man, you're strong and you're healthy and all those kind of things, think about this. Of course, you're not as scared. You're not going to probably be affected by this. But for those who are older, man, think about them and think about just the consideration of those who have gone before us and our part simply by washing hands and doing the things that they're asking us to do is is not that much, and it's a small price to pay to keep them healthy. And so that's some natural things there. One last thing we're going to say about this in the area of natural things, and that's in our government leaders. So you may not, let me just say this, you might not agree with how things are being handled right now, and I'm not saying it from whichever side of the aisle you vote on. That has no bearing with me whatsoever right now. You may not agree with how things are being handled. Um, just realize this, this got thrown at our leaders, both parties, totally unexpected. And I'm not going to applaud either side for what they're... I'm just saying it's hard when you're thrown into the mix. Just like you are at home, it's hard to make adjustments on the fly. Right now, we're having church online, live, and this room is, is empty without who you see. And our elders are over here to the side. You, you can't see them, but our sound techs and production technicians are here. But the church is empty. And so after we do this this week, we may if we go and do this again next week, we may make some adjustments. We're going to learn some things after this week because it's the first time we've ever had to go live with a whole church service. But you learn as you go, and I would just ask everybody right now, just extend a little grace to your government leaders. The weight that they have right now is tremendous. And as a Christian particularly, this is what God asks us to do. So 1 Timothy 2, 1, I urge you Christians, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings. And for all who are in authority, so that we might live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. You know, as Christians, one of the best things I think we could do for our leaders right now is just pray for them. Pray for them, pray for them, pray for them, so that God might give them the wisdom and give them the understanding that they need right now during this time. And listen, maybe you're watching right now and you're thinking about what's going on. Maybe you're thinking about, how do I make this move from being afraid to trusting God? I'm not even sure I know God. 
I want to pray for you today. You know, we pray this every single Sunday in our church. And usually the seats are filled with people. We have a time we pray for those who maybe they don't know Christ. Maybe they're far from God. Man, we want to have this time for you right now as well. And so maybe you're sitting there, you're watching the screen right now, and you know I'm, I'm talking to you. You're sitting there and you're listening to what I'm saying, and, and this world is, is just freaking you out. And I'm telling you, it's not that I'm not afraid of some things. It's not that I'm some super spiritual guy that, that oh, nothing bothers me. Listen, things bother me. This stuff bothers me. But I'm telling you the truth when I tell you this. There is something down on the inside from Jesus Christ that gives me peace during seasons like this. When you go back, man, in the financial crisis, I, I, I started pastoring this church. I took it over in the spring of 2008, and everything looked kind of cool. But then October hit, and it was terrible. And I went through something I thought, I can't believe, God, you put me in this situation. But let me tell you something about God. He was faithful to bring me through that situation. And our church got better for it. I remember when I was in Bible college in 2001 when 9-11 hit, and I remember thinking to myself, the world is going it's just going up in smoke. And, but God was faithful, and he led us through that. And I can tell you story after story of where my wife, God, healed her. I can tell you a story after story how my daughter, how God has healed her. I can tell you a story after story how my mom-in-law, how God, I've seen God move in people's lives, not just my family, but other people's families. And I'm telling you, no matter what the storm, whether he did do this or he didn't do that, it didn't matter. There's something about this peace that he gives that's on the inside. So right now, right where you are, if you don't know Jesus, man, we pray this every Sunday in our church. I want you to pray with this, this with me right now. Everybody up here on this platform is going to pray. Our elders are going to pray this as well right now. We're going to pray for you, but I want you to pray this out loud. The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth, First of all, you need to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. But if you take that, that belief that you say, yeah, I know God's real and I know Jesus is real, but I just don't know that he loves me. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you turn and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is your Savior, the Bible says this, then you shall be saved. It's not a matter of how good you are or how great you are or what you've done wrong, what you've done right. It's about him first. Jesus is Lord. He'll work everything else out. So right now, we're going to pray this together. Maybe you want to close your eyes. Maybe you just want to, sometimes people hold their hands out when they pray just as a sign of surrender to the Lord. But right where you are, would you just pray this out loud with me right now? Say, dear Jesus, I come before you today and I give you my life. I give you my heart and I surrender everything today. Forgive me. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we are so proud of you. Right, guys? Come on, right? We're so proud of you guys. So awesome. Well, listen, on the, on the screen there, there'll be a little link for our church, some other things like that. Listen, I want to just give you this bit of information. If you need anything spiritually, walking through anything spiritually right now, you said yes to Jesus, we want to help you connect with God in a deeper way, help you become a disciple. So on our link right there, there'll be some interesting information there. You can get whatever you need. But listen, we want to help you get started walking with Christ. It'll be a simple thing, man. We won't bombard you, but we just want to help you 
get started living for Jesus. Take a moment and fill out some information there for us. Send it in to us, and we'll help you get started walking with God. As we go today, I want you to remember a couple of things today, just a few things today. Number one, learn and grow. Learn and grow. Take this moment to learn about what you're in. Learn from the situation so that if it happens again, you'll be prepared and better for it the next time. Learn and grow. Don't be afraid. Try to learn something right now in this season. Pastor Willie George told this to us years and years ago. He said, listen, people always say you rise to the occasion. That's not true. You never rise to the occasion. You always fall to your level of preparation. Think about that, man. You never rise to the occasion, but you always fall to the level of your preparation. Second thing is this. Don't do this alone. If you need help, please reach out to your group leaders. Reach out to the small group members in your, in your small group. Reach out to us at the church. We're open during the week, man. We're going to be here. If you need a pastor, we are 24-7 on call. Just call the church office line, follow the prompts, and we'll reach out to you. The last thing I want to say is this. Stay generous. If you're not affected by this financially at all, listen, we support ministries overseas, missionaries, and we're going to keep doing that. We have missions and work here and locally that we do. We're going to keep doing that. But listen, if you're not affected financially, don't pull back. Don't get in fear. Continue to serve the Lord and and trust God in your giving as you give of the Lord. And listen, he's going to bless your job. I'm praying for this, that he's going to bless your job. He's going to turn your investments around, and he's going to create gains for you when this is all over. That's my prayer. Is that God, listen, the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Listen, man, as Christians, he's going to look out for us. And as always, we always pray this over our church before we go. This is what we speak over our church. And more than ever now, more than ever, is this not so important? This is a blessing that God told Moses to give to Aaron. You speak this, you declare this over the children of Israel. So we do this every week at our church. And this is it from Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Man, God bless you. We love you, and we're here if you need us. Man, remember to connect with us as we post other videos throughout the week. You guys have a wonderful day. In Jesus' name, God bless. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.